0: Broadcasting from Boston, Massachusetts, the Smart Cities podcast is the only podcast dedicated to all things Smart Cities. The podcast is the creation of ARC Advisory Group's Smart City Practice. ARC advises leading companies, municipalities, and governments on technology trends and market dynamics that affect their business and quality of life in their cities. To engage further, please like and share our podcast or reach out directly on Twitter at Smart City Viewpoints or on our website at www.arcweb.com backslash industries backslash smart-cities
1: Hello, I'm Gavin Simon. It's Wednesday at the ARC Industry Forum. I'm joined with Kelly here. Kelly, can you give us a brief inter, uh, introduction to yourself today and what brought you here and maybe a little bit of introduction of the panel discussion that you had this morning?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, my name is Kelly Lopez. I work with Scout Sourcing, which is a woman-owned sustainable packaging company. We supply paper, packaging, and a variety of different solutions to a lot of major companies mm-hmm. across the U.S. and This morning, I talked a little bit about the competitive pressures that exist in the world for industrial manufacturers as it relates to sustainability. So brands are really committed to sustainability because they have a lot of pressures from consumers and also from the investors and the government. And so that rolls down very much into the supply base. So it's uh, it's coming in those brands that are those suppliers that take sustainability very seriously and bring mm-hmm. solutions to the table, have an opportunity to really grow with these brands.
1: Let me ask you this. How long have you been in this industry? Do you, I'm sure you weren't in high school and college, imagining that you were going to be in the spot today. How did you get into this?
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I am a Gator. I went to UF, okay. just like you, Gavin, so we can here. do our Gator Chomp, you know, which is great. <laughs> But I majored in public relations and I worked for about 20 years with a uh, Fortune 500 manufacturing company selling uh, print solutions to Fortune 500 companies. And um, uh, about a year and a half ago, I joined Scout Sourcing. uh, as a woman-owned company with a focus around sustainability, and it's been so much fun um, mm-hmm. to really take an entrepreneurial look and try to figure out what products and services we need to grow and bring to our customer base. Yeah. And um, I'm really excited to be here because there's so much great content that has come out of the session. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to learning from a lot of other
1: folks. Good. Do you? Uh, so it's been a year and a half. You said. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you? Uh, the the value of having your values aligned with the company that you're working for not only is it woman owned and operated but it's also sustainability it has a sustainability lens to that Mm -hmm. do you think that's important to you in your career now or did you have that uh, privilege prior Um, for as someone like myself I'm a young professional and I think it's super important and I'm super lucky to be able to work in sustainability because like one, I'm passionate about it, but I also am aligning myself with ARC's values and our work. So.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's funny because I don't want to date myself, but when I came out of college, sustainability wasn't anything even close to what yeah. it is today. And, and uh, in a couple more years, it'll look completely different too. Yeah. So. I'm really excited. I mean, back in the day, it used to be like, oh yeah, you just recycle and that was sustainability. (laughs) And if it's recycled, then hey, it's good. Turn off your water fountain and everything's fine. (laughs) The
1: toothbrush thing. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Exactly. So it's changed so much over Mm. the course um, of the last 10 to 20 years and it will continue to evolve. And it absolutely is important to me. So sustainability is really key to me because I think we all have a responsibility. To make sure that the earth is a habitable place for our children and their children and on down the generations.
1: Exactly. Mm -hmm. So please, just give me a baseline definition of supplier diversity and Mm -hmm. maybe what supplier diversity looks like today Mm -hmm. and maybe what it could look like 10 years down the road.
2: Okay. Yeah, so supplier diversity is really a business strategy that a lot of companies take to buy goods or services from a company that's owned or operated by... A woman or a minority or a veteran owned or lgbtq so there's a lot of yes. different categories that fall into supplier diversity okay. and it's um it's extremely important because the companies that have supplier diversity programs are proven to typically be more profitable than other ones yep. um, because diverse suppliers have the ability to bring more flexible um, innovative ideas um, and also help just drive down competitive pressures in the marketplace. And so right now, um, supplier diversity is a huge market. Yeah. So I saw McKinsey published a survey of the Fortune 200. And in 2021, they spent $29 billion, with a B Woo. dollars with diverse suppliers. So think about it, that's a lot. But the crazy thing is, is the 2030 goal? Yeah. Phrase yourself. 50 billion dollars 50 billion dollars of these fortune 200 companies and that's
1: right around the corner i feel like these goals are to me it seems like oh shoot it's so far down the road but it truly is coming up and that's gonna be a huge opportunity for a lot of businesses Mm -hmm. to ramp up their supplier diversity
2: yeah it's huge and it and it's coming very fast and And what that means, especially for a lot of the, the industrial manufacturers and any manufacturer of mm. products, which means those brands that have committed, those yeah. fortune two hundred that have committed, there's only so much that they can they can right. buy from women owned companies. So they're gonna look to they are suppliers and say, hey, what are you guys buying and uh, could you report that to me? And when they do, that's considered a tier two spend for supplier diversity. So tier one would be a company buying something from Mm -hmm. a diverse owned company. Tier two is when the suppliers are buying from that. And they collect all that data and and they report it. And uh, $50 billion is coming very fast.
1: (laughs) That's a lot of money. And kind of reminds me of the scope one and scope two emissions. So I think Mm -hmm. that's so funny that there's that comparison in Mm -hmm. almost every industry Mm -hmm. regarding sustainability and abroad.
2: And it's very similar, I mean, from the talk this morning was very much about how manufacturers that embrace sustainability have Mm -hmm. a competitive edge. It's the exact same thing for manufacturers that yeah. embrace supplier diversity yep. because these brands need that spend. They have to have it. And yeah, so if manufacturers have built it into their supply chain, it's great.
1: Yeah, that cons- the consumers are applying that pressure and I think it's needed. It's good to... I'm glad with where yeah. we are now, but the consumer... Um, we're going to be pushing the buck. We're going to be making sure that we're actually thinking with our dollars, and I'm excited mm-hmm. to see the future mm-hmm. of that.
2: It's true, and and that's what's driving the brand's commitment. Yeah. You know, they recognize that consumers that are a lot smarter. They follow the money, right? Consumers yeah. want it, investors want it, um, and the supplier diversity really falls into the S of ESG. Yep. So oftentimes we hear ESG and everybody immediately goes to the environmental part. Right. And they focus in on sustainability. And they're forgetting about the corporate social responsibility part. Mm-hmm. And that's where diversity, supplier diversity, and some of these other factions fall in.
1: And then the G and the government, that's going to be the pushing. That's going to be the federal and poli- the political push that yeah. is needed as well. And so mm-hmm. I think that's super important. I think somebody who's involved in sustainability and who is very, like, I'm an environmentalist, but there's always that other two pillars that people seem to forget about, and they seem to forget, like, it takes a lot of work to get mm-hmm. these things pushed and things moving, and it's mm-hmm. a it's a huge machine that we're mm-hmm. just cranking along. Mm-hmm.
2: And, it's, and it's hard, and, and that's why there's just great organizations that yeah. are out there that exist that help yeah. advance supplier diversity.
1: Let's um, talk about the Women's Business Enterprise Council. I was... I, I was stalking your LinkedIn, you know, as someone <laughs> does prepare for an interview and I saw this council that you were a part of and I was like, Oh I definitely have to ask mm-hmm. you about this. So Yeah,
2: yeah. The WBENC is an uh, an amazing organization. So it's a nonprofit organization, and the sole focus that they have is to really help women-owned businesses thrive. It's WBENC. And there's other organizations for different categories of supplier diversity. There's Mm -hmm. one for minority and and veteran-owned and LGBTQ. But the, but the WBENC operates on a couple different principles. One, they, they use an acronym like everybody does, right? right? So you got to have an acronym <laughs> with everything, just like WeBank is an action, acronym to begin with. But they operate off CORE. So CORE is the C is certification. So they okay. are one of the certifying bodies that certify a woman on business. Good. And they do this through audits and site visits and financial reviews. And it, so it has to be 51% owned and operated, you and know, making keeps, business decisions. Yeah,
1: the operations is the mm-hmm. key that you kept reminding me on our previous call? I yeah, yeah. Cool.
2: It has to be because you know you could just take a business and put it in somebody's name and call mm-hmm. it a day, but but no, you have to be certified, and that's the C in that. And then the the rest of the acronym, the O, is opportunities. So okay. the W B E N C creates significant amount of opportunities to connect woman owned businesses with corporations looking to advance their supplier that diversity linkage. efforts. Yep, they do it through events. They do it through um, networking, They do it through a conference. It's next month in Nashville. And then even over above that, you have the R um, of CORE, you know, going through the, the <laughs> acronym, the R, which is resources. So they do a tremendous amount of learning and engagement as well as um, partnering, uh, mentorship and things like that. And then E is engagement. It's an ongoing uh, body, and it really is there to help businesses thrive from when they get their start. Mm -hmm. to when they're scaling, you know, and then also really giving back to the next generation of female business leaders.
1: So what type of requirements do these companies need to meet to receive that certification?
2: Yeah, um, so it doesn't seem that complex um, because, (laughs) you know, you have to be 51% owned or operated Mm. by a woman, the highest position within an organization needs to be the female. Okay. Um, you know, it's audited, there's site visits. There's okay. a lot of other detail because it's, it's really important um, to keep to the intention of a women-owned business.
1: Is there a recurring, is, are they being checked up every year? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Every
2: year, every year. It's a whole <laughs> thing every year. So it's to make sure. And then any changes in the business as a business grows, they really work very closely with you to understand your business and where it's going but yep, okay. you're recertified every year nice, and nice. all the major companies um, or any really company that has a supplier diversity program mm-hmm. they want your certificate they look it up they oh. see it you update their portal and uh, they check you off the list okay and we can proceed with the conversations now, okay
1: right? <laughs> it's like license and registration please exactly exactly um so focusing on the sustainability side of things, why do you think it's important to have diversity in sustainability and then also women in sustainability? Why is that engagement? Why is the... Um Presence of women and diverse uh, groups of people in these spaces, like the ARC forum, important. Mm-hmm. Or and to you?
2: No. Well, <laughs> it's important to me, you know, for personal reasons. I'm a woman, right? But, um, but no, I, I think we will all agree that society seems to function better when there's mm-hmm. diverse seats at the table and right. there's different viewpoints, different ways to solve problems, and different solution sets. And I think it's really important for corporations to advance yeah. uh, women into the field of sustainability or um, you know, leadership or packaging or any really type of industry because when they're recruiting talent, mm. folks come on into the business world and they want to see someone that looks like them right. in a position of leadership so that they know they yeah. feel welcome and they feel comfortable and they have an opportunity to grow.
1: That was one of my questions that we didn't really discuss, but how do you... Um As your experience as a woman in the the space, do you think it's been affected? Do you think you've had to jump through other hoops? Or do you think you've had a great relationship with other women in the industry that have given you the um, Mm -hmm. respect and also the introductions that you Mm -hmm. needed? Or...
2: You know, I feel like it's definitely come a long way from when I started. Um, when I started, you know, not too long ago, you know, out <laughs> of college. Um, but it's definitely come a long way. Uh, I will say, you know, there isn't there isn't necessarily gender equality in the workplace yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's everybody's responsibility to to help out and and continue yeah. to drive that diversity. And I and I have had. I've been very fortunate to have amazing mentors. Not until recently were any of them female, believe it or not. So I've had some amazing male uh, leaders that have recognized the experiences or um, some traits in me that put me in a great position and Mm -hmm. introduced me to the right folks to continue to advance my career. So that's been great. But I work for an amazing woman now. Her name is Mm -hmm. Nancy Walsh and she's the president and CEO of Scout Sourcing. She started Mm -hmm. the company about 16 years ago and it's been great working under her and learning from her.
1: Awesome. So turning to the negative things I guess or where where do you find the pain points in supplier diversity or sustainability packaging? Where mm-hmm. where are you tripping up? Where are you having meetings about oh, this is something that we need to figure out in the next year or so? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest challenge that exists when it comes to, um, really when it comes to supplier diversity Mm -hmm. is that that most women-owned businesses are small by nature. Mm -hmm. So if you look at, you know, a little over 98% do less than a million dollars in annual revenue. So when you get back to that goal of twenty billion, you know, right. growing an extra twenty-one million, a billion over where it is today, I mean, these companies couldn't hire enough people mm. to it to do vendor management at we that scale. That huge
0: opportunity, right? Yeah.
2: So it's hard for com- for uh, for companies to do that. So that's why I feel like the tier two approach with supplier diversity is going to expand pretty rapidly. Um, And companies are taking it very seriously. They're developing mentorship programs where they're actually helping to consult, you know, free of charge with women-owned businesses um, in order to help put them in a position to scale with their companies and others.
1: Awesome. Okay, so as somebody who's a young professional, this is my first conference. I'm two years into my career. (laughs) Imagine that you want to give somebody, a young professional, some advice who wants to maybe get into sustainability packaging Mm -hmm. or become a part of your council Mm -hmm. or maybe be in the same shoes that you are in today. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give a young woman, young professional? what advice would you provide and share?
2: Yeah. So if it's sustainability, I would say you pick the right field. Um, so I I don't think, uh, companies can hire fast enough for folks Mm. with experience and knowledge in the sustainability field. So that's going to grow tremendously. So if you are coming out into the workforce, sustainability is definitely the way to go. So check one. You got it, Gavin. (laughs) You're good, right? The sustainability, you pick the right profession because CEOs are just putting more and more money and more and more more resources into it. And that's. This conference all day is just talking about how much transformation is happening. And so good step, one, you pick the right profession, right? And next, I would say just to make sure that you stay up to date on what's going on. So innovation moves faster than you could possibly imagine. And if you're not staying up on industry trends and you're not a lifelong learner and you're not Mm. a reader and you're not a part of the ARC, you know, (laughs) forum here, you know, then, I mean, that's a big part of it active participant, collaborating with your peers. I mean, that's yeah. the biggest thing. And then for, for folks in general, just looking to advance their career, yeah. I'd say the biggest part is is get a seat at the table and step into your responsibility and, yeah. and uh, take initiative to ask what you can do and continue to, to look for more opportunities. Because right now in corporate America, especially coming out of the pandemic, yeah. I think there's so many people that have fallen into uh-huh. a category of uh, check the box You know, like, oh, I did my job. I'm done. Mm. Now I can go do yoga. It's four. You know, I'm working from home. It's good. And so I feel like those folks that are taking initiative and are are saying, what else? What else can I do? I want to be a part of things. How can I grow? Those are the ones that are going to advance their career.
1: I've said this like three times today, I swear. But the squeaky wheel gets the grease. (laughs) This is true. This Um, is true. So somebody like you, you're a super busy woman. You're doing amazing things. I would love to hear. uh, Can you just share your contact details for somebody Mm -hmm. who maybe wants to connect with you, contact you, maybe want to have, uh, they just want to listen to your advice or career advice, Uh, maybe just plug all your socials. Okay.
2: All right. Well, I'm extremely active on LinkedIn. So um, I'm Kelly G. Lopez on LinkedIn. So I'm very active there. You can check out my company's website at scoutsourcinginc.com.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate Mm -hmm. this. And... I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And once again, we are at the ARC Industry Forum, and I look forward to speaking with you guys soon.
0: Broadcasting from Boston, Massachusetts, the Smart Cities podcast is the only podcast dedicated to all things smart cities. The podcast is the creation of ARC Advisory Group's Smart City Practice. ARC advises leading companies, municipalities, and governments on technology trends and market dynamics that affect their business and quality of life in their cities. To engage further, please like and share our podcast or reach out directly on Twitter at Smart City Viewpoints or on our website at www.arcweb.com backslash industries backslash smart dash cities.